Welcome to the Safe Tribble Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partners, starting with that one. Hey, it's Gabe, the Horror Tribble, your favorite good ghoul gone bad, talking spooky stuff. Uh, Happy Monday. I'm ready to dive in. This is exciting. (laughs) And we also have joining us our second regular host, right there. It's your girl, the. Mm, confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's your friendly neighborhood comic book and coffee slinger. It's the one and only Amalgam Tribble, aka Uncanny Tribble, aka Bruce Leroy Tribble. Show enough. What's good, nation? And joining us for the first time on the Triple Travel Guide is our intrepid reporter. He is... You already know the man, the myth, the legend, Master Triple Emac, Mr. Thursday. Night. Night. In the building. How you living? How you feeling? Dipping my toe in this Lovecraft country that also don't love us. Mm. Well, it never Mm -hmm. did. But all right, wait. So to be further trifling, give me a sec because I realize I don't have my notebook with me. Oh my god! Give me her notes. I'll be right back. She got (laughs) notes. Read that detail. (laughs) I am ill prepared. Uh, I did not know I was supposed to be taking notes. We are streaming live, ladies and gentlemen, on YouTube at Black Tribbles as well as in the Facebook Tribble Nation. Uh, group as well as on our Black Tribbles page on Facebook and thank you to each and every one of you who are joining us this evening. We're going to kick things off before we get into our review of this week's episode of Lovecraft Country. Hey Tribbles, we've got a letter. We've got listener mail. Yes we, we do. Got we just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder what it's, who it's from. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I wonder who it's from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, yeah. who know how to write out there? Who that? Well, who it, that writing and stuff? Save the post office. You know, writing ain't allowed in Lovecraft Country. You gonna get us in trouble. <laughs> That's contraband, Lynn. You got to hide that. <laughs> oh God. Oh, guys, this is why I wanted you on the show. Um, so we have Maurice Poplar actually wrote us. Just wanted to say, Mo Pop. Yes, <laughs> Mopop. Let's go, baby. Mo-pop. What do you got? Just wanted to say props for your uh, Black Triple show um, last night. He was actually talking about our Black Triple show uh, last week, where we talked about uh, the current events going on in Kenosha. Um, I have a lot to say about current events, but nothing constructive. I felt like you all did a great job negotiating the topic and dealing with the trolls. I also decided to relax with some Lovecraft country. And that show is the bomb. Before I catch up on all the Tribble travel guide, I have a couple of details that I'd like to add in regards to the first show. So the first episode of Lovecraft country, 
It seems the show is happening in a framing device, so he may be telling the black woman from the bus the story of what's happening. So there's a story framed by a dream, the Jackie Robinson Cthulhu sequence, and then the story he's telling the lady from the bus, which seems to be his family story that he's learning about. Also, being from California, I'm a little rough on my East Coast geography, but I had to do a double take uh that they deal with all this driving in the north from Chicago to Massachusetts. That was deep when the penny finally dropped for me. I live in Southern California now and Burbank, Glendale and Culver city were also sundown towns officially until the seventies. I hear you didn't want to get caught in those cities after dark in the 80s either. And yes, Burbank and Culver City are also where Warner Brothers and Sony, formerly MGM Studios, are located. Uh, I am loving this show, Mo. That's a nice little piece of uh, information to give to imagine that there were actually still cities that were quote unquote sundown towns even in the 70s and into the 80s is amazing yeah. and a little disheartening it's crazy but yeah that's real life I mean I'm sure there's still some around now I wouldn't be surprised that's very true unfortunately uh, if you want to write to us ladies and gentlemen you can email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com just email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com and if it is in regards to the safe triple travel guide to lovecraft country just say so in the subject line either lovecraft country or triple travel guide or say whatever you want we're going to read the email either way we'll figure it out if it's for the show so we appreciate uh, hearing from all of our listeners thank you Tonight, we are reviewing episode three of HBO's hit series, Lovecraft Country, Holy Ghosts, featuring a teleplay by Misha Green and directed by Daniel Sackheim, uh, hoping to mend her relationship with her sister, Ruby. Letty turns a Victorian into a boarding house, an endeavor that stokes neighborhood racism and awakens dormant spirits stuck in the house. Meanwhile, Three weeks after George's funeral, uh, Atticus remains burdened by a guilty conscience as Apollota presses him for the full story of what happened in Artem. Uh, I think you meant Hippolyta. 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 My, yeah. yeah. My bad. Uh, they really, they just running with it. It's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. The connection. Yeah. I was like, oh, really? We're, <laughs> we're, we're going there. Okay. <laughs> so that's what happened in... Uh, Episode three, Holy Ghost. What say you, Tribbles? Let's go. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Well, I wanted to start because so for the first time, I will come away and say I liked all of the sound design for this episode. Yeah. Finally, I thought the I thought the poem at the at the funeral worked really well. Um, again, because it's, and, and again, it like not much is happening. And again, as a church girl, like that's a very similar scene. It's like, okay, I know what's going on here. So I can pay attention to the words without feeling distracted. Right. And then again, it's just not a whole, not a lot of other stuff going on. You know what it is without explanation, you know, it's Georgia's funeral, you know, there, uh, all the characters are probably dealing with some guilt, but we see Letitia, um, being the focus 
And I think, which is interesting because she also died, right? But she got brought back. And so she's feeling guilty that she's the one that made it and he didn't. Um, that's like survivor's guilt. So I just thought, I thought it was all well done. All of the song choices, poem choices, this episode, I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, somebody said they just watched episode three and holy shit, it got bloody. Yes. Uh, but like in the best way, I, I actually, yeah. I didn't, you know. See that coming? Like I, that was all poem twist. Yeah. Like, so, well, you know what? I thought. I don't I, I thought that was a twist because in the well the other thing I thought was interesting about this is it's like it's almost documentary style horror story where it's like on yeah. this day in 1955, day one, day two. So and it feels like that, like when that scene where they cut and they're bringing the uh piano up the steps, I it did, it felt like very like documentary type. So it's um yeah, I think uh I think that worked really well. And then them setting the stage of like, oh, and then three people died and you, you're assuming. Went missing. They went missing. You don't know. Nobody died about nothing. Three people well, went missing. Well, three people went missing. No confirmed deaths, but, but of course. They shouldn't have been in the house anyway, but that's another thing. Go ahead. But, but you, but you don't know that. So I, when I read that, I was like, oh, I, you know, right, you don't know who some, some black people went missing and then that's not what happened. It was like the intruders went missing. Um, mm-hmm. so I thought, I thought that was a really interesting thing. So I, when we get to it, I have like this whole chart of like the ghosts and what they were actually haunting. Cause I, I think that's, I think that's interesting that what ghosts were targeting who and why and what areas of the house certain ghosts tend to be in. Mm. So I'm like, I just kind of have like a little thing connecting the dots of which ghost was hunting who, when, and where. So I was also interested in that because I was actually curious about who was doing what when we saw the different hauntings. So mm-hmm. I'd be interested to hear that because I did have that uh, query in the back of my mind as well. Cool. Yeah, so I think we should probably save that for the end, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say it, it had a distinct feel like it, it definitely felt different from the other ones. And I think it was kind of like that ghost adventure TV show feeling like mm. to have the, the intro at the beginning of like, they moved into the house, people went missing. And then to have like the day one, yeah. day two, and the right. same kind of like following her around. Um, yeah, I it definitely felt different and felt like it was kind of following those tropes that we're used to, um, which felt a little more like found footagey than it did just like cinematic right very true so all right so uh, other thing about this episode the historical figures the historical figures so Emmett Till did everybody get that one no did you get that one in the show no yeah so when when the kids are playing on the Ouija board there's the little boy with the black tie with the white stripes and they call him Bobo. Bobo was uh, Emmett Till's nickname. I actually looked it up. Um, oh. That Bobo was his nickname. And remember the question he asked, because it's the summer of 1955. Emmett Till was killed in August of 1955. And the little boy asked, am I going to have fun on my trip? Or am I going to enjoy my trip? Oh. And remember, they start to kind of move no. the Ouija board. And then it jumps to no. And then, and then, it, and then the music changes, and it says, "Who are we speaking to?" Mm-hmm. And and so, like, just I think I always enjoy that when it is a fictional thing, but the writer takes 
time to weave in these historical figures, these these things that anchor us to fact to make yeah, it feel yeah, yeah. more real. I I love that when it happens in comics and horror. Like I just really appreciate it. Um, and then the other one that I didn't catch initially was the um, man that came up the stairs with the dog and Letitia goes over and says, who is this? And he says, Baldwin. Then yeah. he says to Ruby, oh, are you a novelist too? I'm James. Yeah. And I was like, oh, James, <laughs> my, my boyfriend's in the house. Like, no, and um, yeah, it's, and then, and then they have like that, that conversation about um, Martin Luther King. Yeah, oh, yeah, I like that. His name was Michael. Oh no, they call him Martin now. You know, just all this and and really things that I the the whole he was married to a white girl. No, they made him marry a black girl. I was like, what? So I'm like, want to research that. I had I had like, heard a story. I think like when they said that it triggered something in the back of my mind. I I forgot to go look it up. That there was some type of controversy about how he actually wound up marrying Coretta, and that it had something to do with possibly him liking a white woman or something like that. I I, I can't remember. I should have looked it up. Um, Walt uh, Bo- uh, Bionic uh, said that speaking about the the story about Emmett Till, how it added a deeper layer of dread to the episode and it it really really did and and it is one of those things that you easily could sl- you know sleep on and miss but if you're yeah, watching it and, and you and you just just taking it in it just adds so much more richness to the storytelling that's going on right and again that level of like that supernatural thing that prophetic Mm-hmm. Response from the Ouija board is scary, but what happened to him is scarier yet. Amen. You know, again, still playing with those like supernatural versus real world dangers for for black people. Amen. Amen. Um, I don't know which way y'all want to go. I, I I feel like the the larger story in this in the episode is you know everything that's happening in the house and this being a full on a Letitia story. So, but to make sure that we get every, you know, um, touch on everything, maybe we may want to talk about the B story first, cause we'll be on the A story for a minute. And the B story was more about Hippolyta trying mm-hmm. to, you know, one dealing with, you know, tick living in her home. And also the sense that she has that, um, you know, the story that, he and Montrose told of George's passing just don't, it just, it's not adding up. Right. Yeah. I I mean, I like how she's, how she's doing the math and um, like Montrose seems to be drinking himself silly out of guilt and tick is kind of overcompensating because Mm -hmm. he feels bad that not only that uncle George died, but now we're not even being honest with his wife about what happened. Um, and just the strain on everybody, because we learned later on in the episode that after the funeral, Tick doesn't even check in on Letitia, mm-hmm. um, which, you, again, you know, she was literally resurrected from the dead. You all had this, like, you know, horrible interaction, all of it, because it's stemming from, like, your crazy family, right, essentially. And, yeah, just kind of the strain of that and them being really distant at a time that they're the they're the only two people that can fully understand what the other went through i know one of the things i liked is that knowing that this the bulk of the story takes a place about i think like two or three weeks after george's funeral and then you see that scene of hippolyta you know stealing herself in the mirror 
ripping out the pages from his favorite his favorite book. I I appreciated that because three weeks after you lose someone, you're trying to deal with the world. You know, you're trying to reassess, you know, get back on, get back, you know, to uh, uh, what whatever the new normal you have is. to adjust to a new normal because you have a whole new routine you gotta you gotta adjust you gotta exactly. make those adjustments but but her ripping those pages out of that book that is that is what grief looks like three weeks later because mm-hmm. it's it's part grief it's part mad it's part you know you don't mad want you, you left don't, me yeah you're mad at them you're mad at yourself you're trying to resign yourself to it that is exactly what grief looks like at, at at that moment and i real i really i truly appreciated that man because that that struck a nerve with me because i i've been that's that's been me for the, like the last couple of years and i'm sure each of us have had moments like that mm-hmm. yeah i oh, feel man. like the way she smelt it out is because they told her we took care of the cop mm. like Number one, odds are you probably wouldn't put your hands on like any white guy and you couldn't do it like right away. So a cop, you you, you guys took care of a cop before right. y'all got back here and y'all not running around here on the land or worried about anybody's repercussions or anything like that. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's what, because like, that's what I, that's what I heard. Like, and y'all took care of it. Y'all told her that, mm. like. Yeah, like so I think that's that's what kind of helped her to sniff that out that something's not right with that. And I know I don't want any details any more than what you told me, but that that ain't right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I think because obviously the, since when the cop you know really work alone anyway. So I don't I I think that's what made her sniff that out that something was wasn't quite you know right with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, no, maybe so. I agree. Okay. I mean, I I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I do agree. I guess I rationalized it as because they're, you know, they're you doing that Well, they're doing that. No, they're doing that backwoods off-road thing and you figure they they did have a funeral for George, so they had George's body. How else would they have really gotten the body unless they did take care of the cop? I don't know. I I mean, I guess I could see her being like you killed him, dumped him in the woods and just hauled ass back home I guess I do think I do think it's like a a long stretch but I guess I'm I'm also thinking of the terrain in which they had to operate just even getting up there that I think somebody would believe like you could maybe kill somebody and and people not know for a few days right Mm -hmm. for you to you to get away without whatever I don't I don't know if that was why I thought she smelled it out I just thought it was like intuition like she does she knows these two men Right. And I feel yeah. like when it comes to women, men are not as clever as they think they are. You know? <laughs> yeah. I can see Chick being like just too quiet around the house that she knows something off. So right. I believe like, something's, something's not right here. Something's not right. You know what I mean? And I do like, you know, I do think women intuition is a is a thing where you just feel it's like something's not right about this. And that, you know, that was her husband. She knows these two men. Um yeah, so I just thought it was coming from that place, not necessarily her questioning the story for the story's sake. I mean, not even for the story's sake. Like, it could have been a combination of everything. You know what I mean? Like, she hear the story, then she feel that, or she sleep on it, 
And now three weeks later, like, yeah, no, that's not that's not right. I gotta ask Montrose. And now Montrose sitting outside the place, like me and Montrose will never hang out. So what you doing here, Montrose? You know? Yeah, um, Yeah. But so can can we can I just take a moment to appreciate Montrose's apartment? I, I love because he's a music head. So it's right. like he we have his brother who's like the book nerd, and then he's the music head. It's just like walls and walls of like albums. I thought that was that was really cool to see. That was nice. That was very nice. Nice, nice little touch. Um, um, people are going to be asking for like they they for already asking for uh, Gabe's cat to have <laughs> old Center screen, uh, old yeah. screen. I know. <laughs> I was actually thinking. I was like, that cat is still in our audience. Yeah, get out, get out of here. <laughs> I, I and, now, and now we got another audience stealer. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> Everybody just you know just 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 uh, camera bombing over here on the show. It's all good though. It's all good. Um, so let me ask you: Do you think that Tick and Montrose should have been out front with her? I. How would you? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's like she's gonna ask so many questions that I can't answer. Right, and it's almost I feel like is it do they feel like they're protecting their loved ones by it's like I didn't even know this world exist existed, but now that I do, I can't not know it, and so I'm trying to save you from that. And maybe they think like her knowing how Montrose died, how does that make it better? You know, mm. and 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 I think even um, I mean I said Montrose, I'm sorry, George. How George died, how does that make it better? And I think Montrose even said something to the effect of like, you know, so now you know that white people got magic on their side too. You know, in, right, in right. so many ways where you, we feel like we're losing, we're losing, we cannot push ahead. It's like, and then the cards really are stacked against us because now we got supernatural motherfuckers running around. <laughs> right, like, like, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, and, and, and then how you can't explain that to somebody like, all right, so remember day two at Artem when um, uh, Letty and Uncle didn't remember. Right. Yeah. Like, right. He, he tried to explain to them. My, they thought my man was shell-shocked. Y'all yeah. been in a car for weeks, <laughs> chilling. He been cool. Not a nightmare, not a cold sweat, nothing. All of a sudden, my man's shell-shocked, right? Right. So you can't even attempt. Like, you were there and seen it, and now you don't. You know what I mean? So right. you can't even explain that to somebody that didn't live through it at all. So like I'm not even, and then you're gonna have me 302. Now I'm in a rubber room. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Like you're gonna think I'm on the sauce or something. No, like you're not getting the truth. I could live through that. I'm not telling the truth the truth. Like, man, it was a crazy weekend. I blew out a tire. I man, I don't know what happened. I, it was crazy. Yeah, I'm not telling nobody all them details and no. all. That's yeah, not good it. for nobody. Especially because they're at least Montrose and you know so far because they're so grieving aren't trying to investigate mm, like George would have been like you said they would have been investigating if it was George who was around um but they're just trying to like move on like it didn't happen and so like there really is no benefit to be like let's drag you into this supernatural mess to see what's going on um but I mean it, I, we're getting set up for uh Hippolyta with with her and no, let's not lean into it. Let's not, because now they got me confused. Like I'm like, wait, what? Who am I talking yeah, about? Hers is gonna be different. <laughs> so is everybody going to get like a feature? It's like anthological, like anthological in that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, not yeah. There's 
yeah, we, it, at least in the book, there's uh, Hippolyta. Uh, now it's uh, Diana, but uh, um, I forget what his name was. Uh, Horace, wasn't it? Horace, Horace, yeah. yeah. He had one. And then the, the, the group, the, the... When they go get the book, mm-hmm. the, the lodgemen the, have yeah. one. The Masons. The Masons. The Anti-Masons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because I definitely mm-hmm. got that feel from it. But I feel like this was the first episode where I was like, okay, I can see where this is going, even if it's, uh, and like I finally can see an overall arc. You know what I mean? Like the first two episodes didn't exactly land for me. So like I was trying to figure out what the aftertaste was that I, you know, didn't, I didn't like. And I really could never uh, put my finger on it. So if I go back and watch them, maybe it was the music or something like that. I've, I've heard somebody else complain about the music before. And I didn't notice it specifically, if that was it, you know, or just the racism. Maybe I'm numb now. I don't know. But it was something. It was a lot going yeah. on. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all this isn't landing for me. I don't know why or what it is, but it's not quite hitting. This one landed for me. I'm well, like, you, one more than the first one. Well, the, the, for me, I had the first feeling about episode one and two. Like, the first time I watched each of those, I was like, oh, I didn't really... I, there were things I liked about it, but I didn't love it. And and a lot of it, it felt rushed to me. It felt manic in a mm. way that the, the the book didn't feel manic. So it, the pacing was just different and it was hard for me to just let me like sit with that. But I don't know if maybe just kind of watching it once and then you get used to what you saw. So now you can just kind of take it for what it is the second time around. But the second time, each episode the second time I watched it, I I liked it much better. I got a lot more from it. I will say I felt, I feel like the third episode has been the strongest thus far. And so I liked the third episode right away, but watching it again, I got so much more from it. So many more like little things I, I didn't see or that you could have, you know, blinked and missed. Because even for me, I don't, I don't know if I just didn't hear or didn't, wasn't, it wasn't registering, but the time um, Le- Tick and um, Letitia at the party and their, you know, bathroom rendezvous and and learning that was actually her first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And and so again, like these like really small moments that you, on first viewing you might not see. Well, not that that was a small moment, but I feel like the way that they talked about it when you realize it was a bigger deal for her. You could have blinked and missed it because I feel like I did because I was oh, so really? caught up. Yeah. Cause at the table, I was so caught up in the ghosts that the eight victims, the, the body parts that I completely blanked on like their conversation about them and about her specifically and the significance of that night. Um, you know, so again, I didn't get that until the second viewing. Okay, I feel you. Uh, Someone on Facebook says the only thing that I didn't like about the song they played in episodes one and two was that they were not chronological to the time of the movie. So it threw me out of the scene. I think they're talking about how uh, how they were. It was current music or something. It was was current music. And even the Jeffersons. Yeah, Yeah, and I got the again. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think one of the things that helped with this is that there was so much world building in the first two episodes. And then for that to also be, you know, 
a, 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 almost like a, a storyline in and of itself that en- opens and ends in one episode, you know, with the house. And so how much is introduced into in that one episode and then you're introducing it to all the characters and the whole story of Montrose, even though you don't even see him, you know, in the beginning, but you're, you're supposed to feel for this, the search for the father and everything like that. What, whereas the third episode, while everybody is in this episode, it is decidedly more stripped down and this is decidedly more Letitia's story. And thus mm-hmm. that nece- necessitates it slows down because you're really just focusing on her. You know, um, that's why that's why the Hippolyta story decidedly feels like it is a B story. You only go there like once or twice in, throughout the show. Um your 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 focus on Letitia, pretty much you're seeing everything from Letitia's point of view, and she is the protagonist of this story all the way to the end, despite all of the other people that are brought in, including Tick and including, you know, uh, the the voodoo priestess or whomever who was brought in at the end as well Letitia is still the story uh, is still the hero of her own story so that's what um, Mm -hmm. I I think helped me that much stronger yeah I agree I think it it was all set up to kind of show like this is exactly the the shit that we're dealing with right like we spent like the first episode was like here's the setting like we exist in this like racist and intense existence and we're fighting these battles here and then the second episode was like also there's a lot of supernatural shit and anything can happen and that's super evil so then when we got to three it's like we get this nice mix of both where we're kind of like there's the evils outside Mm -hmm. and then the evils within our house which is just another reflection of what the evils outside are yeah and i definitely love the fact that like when you're in the story and you your uh whatever was going on i forgot what scene it was probably more than one and then as soon as the door opens or a window opens and you hear the horn again yeah and then you remember yeah. it's like it's like a constant reminder that yeah. it's always out there it's always looming it's always coming for you so yeah. like that's that that kind of like that had like a whole another subtext meaning for me when i i don't every time i heard that and through a scene somewhere in the background Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that scene because that was the scene right before she goes down to the boiler room because she's opening up the window because it, it's steamed, you know, because so it's so hot, hot in there. And like, you just open, let me get a moment's reprieve and like, eh, ah, oh, damn. Can't even get fresh air. Can't even get fresh air, man. Can't even get fresh air. But it's like, it's also, it's like, also, how petty are you because you were also listening to this horn? So it's like you, right? Hate, all you, yeah. It's like heard. you, hateful ass. It's like so you are you are also listening to this horn. It's like they have bricks tied on them, and they just like it's it's it is really beyond me. So it's and again, and I think that that speaks to to what is still happening now. It's like you will hurt yourself. You will work against your own best interest if it means that you can make it a little harder for me. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's crazy. That's that is like a crazy way to live your life. That's why those the face lines be so hard. It's like because you mean. Look at you falling apart. I think I think those those things are interconnected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just being mean, but um. Well, so, we to talk about the ghosts since it's yeah, a ghost episode. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let me tell you how the ghosts fucked me up till I realized why they were so deformed. 
Uh, uh, Mar- Maurice Popular, real quick, you just said it. You're haunted in the house and you're haunted out of the house. Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. damn yeah. truth. And and, and, and Walt says that racism makes your skin crack. It really <laughs> does. It does. I think it does. It's like, mm, because you're so busy scowling, you messing yourself up because I'm still cute. So <laughs> go ahead, Gabe. I'm sorry, babe. No, no, no. It was Eve talking. Eve was telling us about how the goose fucked him up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The one in the basketball jersey with the baby head. Yeah. I'm like, no, what? like what? Like whose ghost is this? And then I saw the rest of them and I was like, oh shit, that's what the doctor did to him. Damn. But they also, well, are we talking about that yet? That they reclaimed yeah, themselves. They reclaimed themselves and you know stood up to him in the end. So like, even though we both ghosts, fuck you, you racist ass. So I, I that I was like, yo, I did not see that coming. Well, you know, Misha. Like that, go ahead. Well, you know what? The effects for. Go ahead, Lynn. I was just going to say that uh, Misha Green, it's, it, uh, in an interview with Cinema Blend, uh, actually spoke about the ghosts. Uh, she says that, you know, the idea of the ghost is really hearkening back to the Tuskegee experiments and the kind mm-hmm. of medical things that have been done to people of color on American soil. That was very interesting to us. So then taking that to the next level, it was, OK, well, what is then the mythology? Uh, speaking of, uh, specifically about Lovecraft Country, what is Hiram Winthorpe, the ghost? What is his? he testing he's testing a time machine so if he sent people through this time machine what would happen to them like would a part of their body change in time so then their head is their baby self but their body is their adult self until you go down these things and the next thing you know you've got a baby headed ghost yeah that's awesome i love that that's how we got there um yeah yeah it's super deep i think having like it's an extra level the way that they per like how letty is written and in, in the things she's suffering in the show to have a character who has died and is dealing with like survivor's guilt mm-hmm. uh being in a house surrounded by people who also died wrongly and, and like kind of finding like that that power because like in, so in the book what i really enjoyed was was her interaction because in it it is just like Winthrop's ghost and she fights him like she like uh challenges him to like a chess game and she like outwits him and it's essentially like this is my house like I'm gonna be harassed outside but I'm not gonna be harassed inside my house too and like confronts him and so it it was such an interesting thing like as soon as I saw the woman who didn't have a jaw (laughs) like 13 ghosts up in here a level of of graphic ghosts uh, I was like okay this is different like we're gonna get a new story and kind of seeing all the different ghosts and and especially seeing them at the end when they're like you're kind of getting a look at them it's like very on the nose obvious of the the different experimentations that were done at that time and then you know all throughout American history uh, of experimenting on you know people of color and people who are considered different and it's it's a sort of it's, it's one of the like I feel like every episode we're getting like people who don't know all of American history are getting a rude awakening you know Amen. about like sundown towns or uh, you know just learning these things and I was like oh now you have to look into this too because um, there there's a whole we're just unearthing all the history yeah, that's the first time I heard the term sundown town. Mm-hmm. Like I saw the sign before I heard them say it. 
and you know immediately made the connection but yeah it's the first time i heard that so i'm like oh you know because i'm from the north and stuff yeah and it's yeah i didn't i wasn't familiar with the term either i mean you know i'm black in america so i do know like you know you even joke like i'm not really trying to be there at night you know what i mean like i know i'm not you you understand the concept of it but i didn't know there was like a name like a recognized name for it you know other than just like crazy right um but like so i think i i the ghost stuff i think was really well done like when that a severed arm is just pulling the blanket off. I was like, what's happening? I'm looking like, what? And then, like you said, the woman without a draw that that climbs up uh, when, when Letty's in the bathroom and you see the guy that has like the pole metal stuff sticking out of him. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, that's the thing that got me because again, in the book, there's only one ghost. It's Winthrop's ghost, right? So mm-hmm. so now I'm like, well, why is she being you know, haunted by these these um these black people, what are they even doing in the house? And then you you learn the story. And here, so this got confusing. So I'm just gonna go by last names because they in the book it's Hiram Winthrop, but in the show they made it Hiram Epstein. Yeah. And then, and then they made it Horatio Winthrop. But mm-hmm. Winthrop is the main guy. Ep- Epstein is the doctor who was like under him and doing these experience experiments, but he I guess inherited the house at some point because he was actually the owner. It says like the, when the cop, um, when the cop arrests her, uh, when the cop arrests her and had the, it's Lancaster and they have that conversation, you you realize like Winthrop was not the last owner of the house; it was mm-hmm. Epstein. And so when she's um, encountering these ghosts, and then I think it is like her survivor's guilt, like she was dead, and and the idea of like there's these these murdered black people in the house, and because she even says she said they I know they just want to get out; they're trapped in there with their um tormentor and like yeah. so she kind of takes yeah. the initiative to help and i really like i love her character because again she's so proactive like i do feel like in a lot of ways things just happen to tick like mm-hmm. even you know we we though we love the scene in episode two with the ring and you know he's running through the the fire after you know after his ancestor and all that as the house is coming down he still didn't do anything it just mm-hmm. happened. But Letitia says, yeah. like, I just became aware of this other world. And so now I need to claim some of that magic for myself so I can protect myself. So she, you know, gets someone um, that's, you know, practicing the arts and they they do an exorcism like Creole style, mm-hmm. um, yeah, which I which I thought was really cool. And, and, and I love that, um, you know, as when Tick is actually possessed by Epstein, because Epstein is the one that's in the basement. So when yeah. when Tick is possessed by Epstein, because at first when she was like, help me, help me, I was like, who is she even talking to? And then I realized she was calling the ancestors. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she was like, and she was like, help me. She was like, you know, you can still fight. And I thought, I'm, I'm not a body horror fan, like Saw, all that kind of stuff. Like, I really don't like that. And I really don't like seeing that on black bodies because just the historical context of it is really uncomfortable. So initially it was almost too much because it was like, I really don't want to see this, but in them, in them chanting, in them performing this exorcism of this man that tormented them in life and in that them reclaiming themselves, you know what I mean? So their, their ghosts are no longer, what he made mutilated them. yeah yeah it's not what and he then made. they're like rebuilding right it's not what he made them they are rebuilding themselves 
And yeah, I just thought that was like such a powerful scene. And then, you know, of course she ends it with get the fuck out of my house. And I was like, I, <laughs> if Journey Smollett does not win an award for this show, I say we burn it all down. <laughs> burn it all down. She was looking crazy the whole episode too, which I really loved. Like, you know, we, we take, especially in horror, right? We, we definitely glamorize like our protagonists, like final girls, like could be to the end and, and they'll still like, like look nice, right? <laughs> like right, it's, it's right. not to like, you know, ready or not, like Samara leaving being like oh, completely right. covered in blood and having that like feral scream was so refreshing because it was like, that's real. And I felt like you can see her like, withering away and there's kind of like frayed at the edges like when she's at the table and she's like i have these and she's like conspiracy theory time and just yeah. like her, it's like her bad sketching <laughs> yeah yeah and her makeup is like all over the place like barely there her eyes like you can see the bags under them and it just felt so like natural and i also really loved like the way that tick handled everything like he takes a, a, a like a back seat which is nice like because i mean especially when you have like because he's shown as the protagonist in the first one and the fact that he like inherit like he's the ancestor like the the um uh the blood relative blood of the descendant. yeah the descendant he, he has the the power right but he still is like no this isn't my story like this is letty's story like you walk me through this you, exactly. i'm here yeah. i'm gonna believe you like i know you guys didn't believe me <laughs> that was stressful and that was time so i know how it feels and just being like let's get let's do it like he doesn't question it for a second um, and, and it's so supportive in that, like, yeah, well, yeah, let's, let's, uh, kill this goat on your front porch in a white neighborhood in front of all your neighbors. Now, I thought that was wild. I was like, are they, I was like, are they in the backyard? It's like, at least no. like, take that in the house, do that in the basement. Don't do that. Because you know even. people are looking at you. They going to call the police just for you that. And you see that with the breaking point, because when they saw that, that's when they came in through that mm-hmm. window. Yeah. They was like, no, enough's enough. No demon worship here. Not yeah. today, Satan. And then they made moves. So that was the straw right there. Like yeah. sacrificing on the porch, like that'd be a much a bit much even today. You know what I mean? Like, all right. They didn't have nothing else to complain about yet until the goat. It's like, all right, sacrificing on the porch is where I even draw a line. You know what I mean? I don't care what goat you are, where you're from, what you think. Like, I, I think everybody, like, that should be the line. Like for all neighbors. I'm pretty sure sacrifice should be the line. That's the line. <laughs> yeah, is. that's when they call the. You can ask me to borrow anything. <laughs> I can say no, but I'm not sacrificing on my porch or your porch. Hey, can I borrow your porch for a sacrifice real quick? Like, <laughs> so I, I think that should be like a line. So I, they did cross that line. Yeah, like, I, I, they don't I, I was like that. I was like that ghost scene was wild because that was. I said that was the front porch. They was on the front. Yeah, that was yeah. the front lawn. They didn't put up a curtain, no sheet. <laughs> they didn't market. They and they was moving on. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. And the neighbors were like, their their grass is too high. Also, they're cutting up goats. They cutting up goats <laughs> and putting red marks on the door. It's animal cruelty. <laughs> but I think I also what I liked about the exorcism is because it's not even in the basement; it's in the sub basement. So they're yeah. in this very. Yeah separate distinct part of the house so they have no idea about what's going on upstairs so when those guys break in it's almost like they're breaking into a a empty house even though there is something super supernatural happening in the bottom floor so then they're upstairs milling around and then they encounter some ghosts 
And so that that was my note. So it was like, okay, so the the eight the eight goats the the eight gate now we talking about goats the eight ghosts of the um the victims of the doctor they were the ones that were initially haunting Letty they murdered or at least one the the one with the baby head the ba- um the ghost with the baby head murdered the two boys in the upstairs bedroom and they were the causes for the blurred images in the pictures that I guess she took in the house so she was seeing them but then. The the third boy gets killed by the elevator. Yes. And and I I feel like the elevator is Winthrop's territory. So I feel like that. So I feel like while the the um one of the victims from the experiments killed the, the boy, two boys upstairs, I feel like Hiram killed that boy on the elevator. That's like a question that I had because it's like. I feel like when we see Hiram and and there's one time in the elevator where we know it's Hiram's ghost, it seems like he he seems to be the overseer of that. When did we see, didn't we, isn't there a scene where there's like female legs in the elevator or am I making that up? I do not. Like remember. I remember seeing like a pair of legs, like the door closed and there was a pair of legs when I went up, but maybe I'm. Maybe I just was hoping to see no, that. Yeah, I got to rewatch. You might be right. <laughs> I, I don't remember I don't that. Know. Yeah, I think I need a second watch. I don't remember that scene, Gabe. <laughs> I'm making it up. Now, uh, also yeah. speaking to Tick being willing to listen and, you know, be a passenger in her story, he was also looking for that himself because that's why him and his dad had an argument because he tried to get his dad to do what his uncle would have done, which is, Uncle George would say we need to research this and find out more about this magic and more about Braceway and more about the lodges and where they at. And and the pops like, no, we need to leave all that shit alone. We yeah. lucky we survived. My brother didn't. I ain't getting back in that shit, which I also kind of feel. But he he was trying to get into something, so I definitely know he was waiting to find something. Well, he heard he, he heard the connection when Letty mentions Winthorpe and and that connects to him because he saw that name in the mm-hmm. in the home in a, uh, in, a in a photo. It was signed a right, oh, right, it was right. Signed yeah. in a piece of art, I guess. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was signed in the art. Uh, somebody on Facebook says there was a woman in the elevator the first time, looked like in a white dress. I, I, I don't remember that scene. I don't remember I any. Remember I, I don't remember seeing anybody in the elevators ever. Just it moving on its own. So they said I thought it maybe it was a kid or something. I don't. I don't. There's a there's a young there's young people who are yeah. the ghosts, and I think what's interesting, like in that beginning when we first see that the the no jaw woman, uh, she's waking her up because of what's going on in the basement, and so I think like we get that idea of like like these ghosts aren't really bad because they didn't do anything malicious like anytime it was something malicious it was Winthrop against them until the ghosts are attacking the white kids that come in yeah because think about it the the ghost the hands pulled the sheet off of Letty they woke Letty up up. so that girl probably would have exploded if she didn't go down there and relieve the pressure it was like in the red so like the whole thing probably would have blown up so technically that was probably a heads up you said Uh, would you say Gabe that happened in The Shining. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. When she was doing that, I was like, that's all that Jack had to do. That was his whole job. Leave <laughs> the boiler. My, my thing about, so, Ariel, your, your theory about the elevator being Winthorpe's territory, I'm just curious about, because then why would Winthorpe have killed that white boy? Because they were still trespassers. And again, I, like, I don't, 
like because we don't have Letty have her showdown with Winthrop, which is where she's mm-hmm. like, this is my house. Respect. You know, I respect that it used to be yours, but you need to respect it. Now it's mine. And I think after they had that exchange in the book, they there was some kind of balance there. Okay. And because yeah. they, there are yeah. su- there are times like when Hippolyta gets her story um, she needs something from Winthrop and Letitia's like, I'll ask him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. So you realize she's on, she on speaking terms with him, right? So, I, and so... And that's all book stuff for people watching. That's all, yeah, yeah. That's all book stuff. <laughs> that's all book stuff. And so even in the book, and, and, and honestly, I can't remember if the boys die first or if Letty has her showdown with Winthrop first. I can't remember what, which happens, but I remember thinking that Winthrop is protective of his things and and again we we remember in the um i can't remember if it was episode one or two but when we're talking to uh christina braithwaite um christina right yeah yeah okay because i you know i'm like caleb wait is too many names but she, <laughs> but she even says like when they talk about the clan she was like oh they would have never dealt with the clan they're too poor so it's like yeah just because they're these these white kids he's not necessarily like rooting for them he's like get out of my house you plebe you know what I mean like yeah. you know what I mean so and, and and for me in the book I thought also part of it is he didn't it never escalated there with Letty because he and Letty came to an understanding, but these other people, they are intruders. They have no rights to this house. They have no right to be in there doing anything to her stuff or his stuff. And he, he dealt with it. So I do feel like while I don't think, I don't think Winthrop's ghost killed the, the killed the guys upstairs. I do. I, I do think it was the baby, like the, the, I, it's feel, I feel so weird. Cause I don't know. They they spill off their names, but you don't actually know who's who. Who's who. who, right, right, right. But right. one of the victims, I think he did he did do the murder of the two boys yeah, upstairs. Yeah. But I think Winthrop Winthrop is the one who cleaned them up because then he takes them down mm-hmm. into the basement and you see like the markings of Adam light up. So you you're going to this level of the basement you can't even access if you don't have this magic. And then we just see this tunnel of bodies. Because at first I was I wasn't sure if Letitia knew about the bodies and she had done something with them but when but i i honestly think she doesn't didn't know anybody was missing because winthrop cleaned it up and and uh, and also i think if winthrop was interested in really having letitia out of the house he would have left those bodies there because three white boys dead in a house full of all black people everybody going to the chair you know yeah. what I mean? And and that's been clear. Even these people that exist in the supernatural realm understand the real world and they use it to their advantage. So I feel like whatever Winthrop's thing is in the show, he he doesn't feel like Letitia is his enemy, right? Because he protected her. I mean, cleaning up the bodies was protecting her. Okay. All right. And everybody and also else- protecting himself though, too, because that that or like protecting the secret of the house. Cause like that guy was snooping around. He was in a separate place than the the other two, and was snooping and getting close to some of the the secrets and what was going on down there. And so mm. that's why he had to go specifically, and they have to clean it up with all of his other cleaning up. All right. So wait, are you saying that the, the exorcism was not successful, and that Winthrop is still inhabiting there with her? Well, I think the exorcism was for Epstein. That the exorcism was to, for the doctor that that experimented on those eight victims. So the eight victims 
health letty exercise epstein epstein but winthrop, winthrop is, is the original that. owner of the house winthrop is the big boss of that that house it's his house it's his magic epstein yeah. epstein was just like an acolyte gotcha. he was a follower mm. yeah he's the one who has the book that we're gonna have to find out about because he was trying to decipher well, he, he it. stole pages from the the main organization well, uh, that away. Actually, no, it's changed now. Um, well, I think did that. No, yeah, well, did they find one chapter or do they have pages out of a chapter? Do they have the whole book of Adam? No, he took pages to create a cipher. And that's why, like, and that's what we find out at the end is like, that's why they gave Letty this thing because she's the one who can commune with these uh, ghosts for, for whatever reason that she can, uh, either because she's dead or because they're black. Recently undead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so she set her up to, so that she knew that she'd be able to get in that house, do that fight. And it sets it up to be that idea of like, you know, like she's clearly using this family or these people as tools to get what she wants. And that sets you up for next episode. And we can see what she's, who she's going to use next. Right. And the she mm-hmm. that you're referring to is Christina. It's Christina. Braith, mm-hmm. Braithwaite, um, who is obviously is going to be playing a bigger role in this. And that's interesting because I hadn't, it, it just totally left my mind. Like I was on you, Gabe, thinking about the whole, you know, uh, uh, survivor's remorse that Letty might be going through. And that's how she's able to kind of like, you know, feel empathy for the people that were killed there. But now you and some of the comments and, and Ariel, and, and, and this is why I just pretty much sit back here and just listen to you on the, on the show, because y'all know more than me. Um, and some of the comments bringing it up that, yo, she was undead. And now she is the only one that could talk to the dead. She is the only one that actually talks to them and, and talks to the the, the um, Epstein when he's in the priestess body and in Tick's body and the one that can call the call the bodies um, there and all and, and all the spirits. I mean, she may have an ability. I mean, I don't know. It it could be, but it makes perfect sense, dog, because that's what makes sense. Oh, was she born with something, or is it just because she? No, it's because she was dead. dead. It's because they brought her back from the dead, and they did that purposefully so that she could play this role. Well, I don't think it was a they thing. I think it's Christina. It's Christina. Yes, that's why she looks like a witch. She look. I'm looking at her. She looks like Bewitch, and this is why this makes it all the more vexing because I have a crush on Elizabeth Montgomery from (laughs) Bewitch, and now she's all blonde. Hair and blue eyed and looking like bewitched, and it's 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 befuddling me. I don't I I want to just hate her, and yet she looks like bewitch. It's not fair. Oh, Len, that's how they got you. That's how they got me. I'm done. Yeah, that's good. That was a fun fun place to go. Um, Errol, did you want to go through your your ghost, uh, where they were, who they were talking to thing? Oh, yeah. So just so that was just it. It was like uh, so the the eight the victim ghosts, um, they were the ones kind of haunting Letty initially. But again, it wasn't malevolent. Um, I do think they were responsible to the for the death of the two boys in the room. They're, of course, the blurred images in the picture. Uh, Epstein, uh, who is the owner of the house before Letty, and so, you know, so I guess somehow uh, inherited it from his, 
you know, his, I don't even know what to call it. He, he was his acolyte. I don't know, his cult leader or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I am not sure because again, my theory is that Winthrop haunts the elevator, but when Letty comes in and, and she's almost beheaded again, like you said, Gabe, maybe it's just when you start messing around in the elevator, that's like a place of secret. So it immediately protects it. So again, you know, arguably it's Winthrop, but I was like, it could also be Epstein because he's been, he was the more violent of -hmm. the ghosts towards her. Um, The haunted photo collage, which was terrifying when she put that little, I was like, oh, I would have been like, oh no, (laughs) pack it up, move it out. Um, And then of course he's responsible for the priestess's possession and Tick's possession. And then I think um, Winthrop, who is again the original owner of the house, the dude who's like equal to Samuel uh, Braithwaite as far as like power. Mm-hmm. Again, I think he is haunting the elevator. Again, and the elevator is a place of secrets because it leads to that tunnel yeah, of a whole just another basement. A, 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 yeah, a tunnel of bodies, right? And it's like, well, who are they? Are they also missing black people? Yeah. Is it like what? Like what all was going on in that house? Um, or is that just more? Because they only found pieces of bodies. They found well, like eight pieces of individual bodies. So that's right, so, the but remainders. I, but but again, I think the eight bodies that they felt um, found were tied to Epstein. But what was Winthrop doing in the house? Because mm. I don't necessarily think I don't think Epstein had access to that sub sub basement. Like mm. that is Winthrop's territory. So whatever those bodies are, I think it's from whatever he was doing. So we don't know who those people are. Whether they were you know, black and being used for the same type of experiments or if it was something else entirely. I don't know, but I know that's where he put those boys so that those bodies wouldn't be found, which is why they're quote unquote missing. Well, um, let, let me ask you, because as the elevator is going down and you we see those like three symbols, they look like kind of like starbursts or whatever in, in, in the rock. And you had mentioned that those were symbols of the... Book of Adam. A- At- Book of language Adam. of Adam. Yeah. Had we have we seen those symbols before in the first two episodes? Um, I don't think we've seen those symbols per se. I guess I'm working off knowledge from the book where okay. the the symbols interact with people who are blood tied to the clan or whatever, because there are scenes where Atticus's blood will unlock doors and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's all about legacy. So the fact that I think it would make sense that Epstein would not be able to access those, those parts of the house, but here I'm there, it's his house. Uh, Maurice Popular is saying that the, the symbols were actually on the door frame and on the bridge. Yeah. And like when, because I don't remember them. Yeah. When they tried to leave and the car crashed, uh-huh. It lit up on that on that bridge. Oh, oh it did, okay. and then it was on the wind. It was on the door, so they couldn't leave the room. Right. So yeah, whenever there's like something happening, like keeping them from stuff, it highlights them. <clears throat> oh, nice. That's nice. Nice little touch. Then I figured that for them to have put it there is like it looked meaningful, but I was like, no, they had to appear before. It has to be like something that we've seen before. Otherwise, it's just they could just easily just be like stains in the rock. You know what I mean? So okay. yeah, so they have to shine. And they also like the star kind of jagged look is like elder signs, which is what comes up a lot in Lovecraft. That's what they're called, like elder signs. Okay. And those are usually like magical in some way, and usually mean bad news, <laughs> bad bad mojo. One thing I wanted to say before, as we're wrapping up, 
that I caught, and I don't, I'm sure other people caught it as well, was when uh, Ticket's talking to his dad, and his dad had woken up from that dream, talking mm-hmm. about when they were saved by the, yeah. the gentleman with the, the bat. And it's literally just that dream he had in the beginning, mm-hmm. which is kind of like with that, with the idea of like, if this is like a setup of like, he's telling the story. I don't think it is, but uh, like kind of set, like it was setting up for what we're going to see later. Cause we will see, you know, what happened. Probably we'll see what happened to his father um, and his uncle or his uncle father <laughs> and 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 what happened but yeah that 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 um his dad and his uncle yes yes his dad and his uncle we'll but figure out which one out. uh and um, so on that time but like with that dream that's the, the dream is foreshadowing and we're going to see this uh stranger that helped this hooded justice with the bat that yeah, yeah. Night. okay yeah. cool cool i think that'd be like really awesome um, at the very least, we're gonna see like uh, what's what happened and how that we got there. Um, and I, yeah, I'm like super excited to see who that could be because now it's like what happened back then. Is this how far back does this go? Yeah, you know, like we're in regards to this family. And and Maurice Popular is pointing out the whole bat symbiology that in this episode everybody had bats, the black people and the white people, which he thought was very was very cool. Yeah, that's true. I yeah, but see, thing. here's the difference in the bats, right? White people can walk around with bats. The black people needed shotguns so Letty could walk around with a bat. Like, <laughs> but, also, yeah, I, like you picked that, right? They needed shotguns so she could do that with the bats and then had to ditch it before the cops came yeah, and assumed the position. Like, hey, mm-hmm. officers, we were just having a party. What's up? I thought that scene was so well done. And again, so that all happened. So after her and Tick in the bathroom, which later you find out that was her first time. So she's just like in a weird place. She, she was in a weird place anyway, because of everything is going on. Then she's in this vulnerable and raw place with this man that she cares about. And he kind of cold shoulders her after they have Mm -hmm. sex. And then, so then to look up and see that cross from the yard, it's like, it was one of those things. It's like, you didn't pick the right one today because I'm not in the mood. So let me go get these bats. I'm going to go fuck up these windows. Jasmine Sullivan style slash Beyonce. Because like when she was strutting down the street with that shimmery dress on with that bat, I said, I wanted to be like, hold up. They don't love you. And But that was so cathartic for me and then and then i thought the the irony of it is after she bashes your car knocks the bricks off of each car and then throws the bat at them they have the nerve to look scandalized like oh like like they really exactly oh my god black violence how could you use your words property you better be lucky that's all i did because i could have hopped in one of these called and rolled your asses right the fuck over because y'all have been like harassing me, but I thought that scene was beautiful. Like just, mm. just this very again. I feel like she's just so proactive. So they don't even try to stop her. They like get the guns. So we're going to stand guard while she does what she does. Then you know Ruby had the car. They tossed it. She was already truck. ready. He drives off because at one point Tick was like, "Get the keys." Like they knew what they had to do, yeah. and then the cops yeah. come up and they just get down. Like I was yep. like. That is like so like badass. How like because they know how the system works and they're they like have nothing oh, on the but, but we gonna fuck something up first. You know what I mean? Yeah, we just have to follow this procedure. Yeah, you know, to- like there's so much of that too. Like with with Tick being outside in his outfit, 
in his uniform and then saying like, oh, you think that they'll feel better if there's someone in uniform? Like, it's just another dig at him of like, <laughs> like you don't, they don't play the same rules that we play. Right. And so like, you actually don't mean anything. Yeah. And it being more or less unspoken of like, we have to do this. And it, it was like empowering, but it was also like really just like heartbreaking because it, yeah. it, it feels so real. Like it, it feels right. like right now, you know, like that we do like, and have, lived in two different Americas and that's what we're seeing like right there on that street like the fact that they can have these out there and her to be like did you get the 24 complaints I have from my, about my neighbors and then being like no you know right. and, yeah. and they're the people that have a burning cross on their lawn you know about the harassment that she's received none of that matters uh, but she, you do anything, you leave a piece of trash outside and we're coming for you. And then for me also, the her ride in the police truck was very uneasy because I just kept seeing Freddie Gray. You know, and yeah, again, yeah. not that that has happened again and again. And Freddie Gray is not the, of course, was not the first, but that's, you know, this the the national face of that kind of murder at police hands just being tossed around in this truck and, yeah, and just it's like just the malice, and and even in the midst of it, even in the midst of being treated as if you're less than, you still have to remember your place so you don't end up dead, mm-hmm. and that's crazy. Like that's crazy, and I, and I think that's interesting because it's you know in the media they they want to talk like black people don't have any self control. It's like we have the most self control. We more, have the, yeah, most, we have have the most self control because we have to have self control even in these moments of like righteous anger, like where we are, would not be wrong to just punch you one good time, but we know we can't do that. You know what I mean? So it's, again, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Like our history here is, is, is deep, you know? And I think it's, it's makes people more comfortable to be able to simplify it, but it's like, no, it's nuanced. It's like, we've been speaking multiple languages since we got here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I know how to talk. So you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I, but I know how to interact with you. I know how to deescalate or, mm-hmm. you know, what I have to do to make sure it doesn't go somewhere else. And you have no self-control. Right. Yeah. You're, you're right. just acting like literally like a child, just having like hissy fits because you're mad. Oh, you live across the street. You know, it's. I don't know. I, I, I think yeah. I think another element that adds to the historical uh, lessons that this show offers you is that one, this show is taking place in 1955, and for all its fantastical trappings, there are real elements, real life elements that kind of keep it grounded to the real world for you. And two, this story is taking place in Chicago. So it is very often, it is very easy in the 50s and 60s if you just go by history lessons that, you know, oh, the stories of, you know, you know, racism are, you know, endemic to the South of America. You know, like, no, this was Chicago. This was this was not Alabama. This was not Georgia. This was not Florida. This was Chicago, Illinois, where people were putting, you know, uh, placards on their lawn. This is a white community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just out there. Uh, out there on front street for people to see. So I think that's just another, uh, just like little subtle, you know, 
touch of history that this show is teaching for people. I want to go back to one scene that you've brought up twice so far, uh, Ariel, and that is going into the party and Letitia and Tix, Tix um, rendezvous in the bathroom and what we learn of that. Um, so much of this story was... You know, as much as it is forwarding the 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 uh, on the over the overarching story of Lovecraft Country is the story of Letitia. And that is something I don't think, you know, I think it's fair to say no one would have thought that she was a virgin when you when you meet her. And um, uh, and to even though when you think about it. She technically has not given you any reason to think differently. You just wouldn't think it, you know? Right. Um, I, when she said that, I was like, what, getting arrested? Right. And me and Tick at the same time was like, oh. Yeah. I, yeah, because even he step. was like, your first time about what? Like he wasn't even he wasn't even registering. And I actually I yeah, I was reading um an article that was basically talking about how that turns that like uh Letitia being a virgin before that time with uh, that night with Tick, how it kind of turns like the assumptions of like black female sexuality on its head. Because the thing is, Letitia does own her sexuality. She has her strut. She's confident. Mm -hmm. She flirts. She, you know, she'll push up on you if she feels like it. And so you watch all that and you assume you, you connect that inextricably with, well, of course she's having sex. It's like, well, no, she's not actually having sex. She's just really confident in her sexuality, which is a different thing. Um, And like you said, Lynn, like she hasn't really given us any reason to think she's, you know, I guess, you know, promiscuous or, or, or experienced or however you want to say it. She hasn't given us that, but we all assumed it. Cause I definitely was, I was also like, that's why I think I missed it the first time. Cause it never even dawned on me mm-hmm. that she, it, she was a virgin. And that was why she was bleeding and not because she got her period. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. It's just like, I didn't even, it was like, Oh, okay. You know, I, 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 I think that was like really, really well, really well done. It was, it was very, it was very well done. Um, uh, I think what was also well done was just her again, Showing the reconciliation of that in her face, you know, um, I thought thought that true. There was a the deeper mystery of what's going on in her house, but I think the reason why she gets so lost in that is because she's also probably trying to just yet another thing she's got to take her mind off of, you know, like oh my god, I I was dead and now I'm back and like oh my god, I just I I just lost my virginity and and you know and what and all the implications of that as well. Um, and there was one subtle production bit that I thought, and, and I wasn't sure if it was just something that happened on my TV. So I wondered if y'all, y'all noticed it when Tix does walk up on her and she's going through all the paperwork. It seemed like where when she's going through it on her half of the screen, it almost looks like she speeded up. Like as her hand is like erasing things, it like it looked like really super fast, almost as if they speeded up, the, the, you know, like that part of the film. I don't know if it's just to me, just to my mind's eye, it was just the TV, but I I felt it like because I I was purposefully looking like, well, does he look like he's walking any faster? And no, it just looked like it was on on that hand, uh, uh, on her hand, and in how she was going about it and i just thought that that's just added to the mania 
that she was uh, going through. A shout out to uh, Leanne Lindsay, Tinsel and Tyne, who said props to the costume director for Letty's friend's skirt swishing while she was battling in those um, damn cars. Uh, Walt says that when I saw the blood, I knew she was a virgin, to which Catherine Alford says is a great point. There were real tactics, noise, lawn signs, bricks through windows, risky home loan schemes, cross burnings used on black home black homeowners who broke the color line in the white neighborhoods. Yeah, that, that was real, mm-hmm. real talk that was happening there. Oh, and yeah. I saw Randy ask if we got the Emmett Till reference. Yes, Randy, we did. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tune in. We, we talked about that earlier. Yeah, you got to tune in at yes, 9 o'clock. I was cooled on that. <laughs> well, there's also the, the Ruby mentions a, a, like the riot that happens because of a, a black couple that moved into a white building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a reference to a real riot that happened. And so there's like all these little things that are just like, yeah, this is, we're just showing you history. <laughs> like we didn't have, this is not the science fiction. Like this part isn't the fiction. <laughs> yeah, this part is the real. And, <laughs> and it's like, and these horrors did not come from our, our imaginations this happened. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not, I'm not just making it up. It's like, no, no, no. The, these are all, we can attribute these things to, to very real incidents. Um, America. What did what did y'all think? What did y'all think about the? Um, the I'm glad you mentioned Ruby because that's where I was going to go. What did you think about Ruby and Letitia having their uh, words with one another? Oh, I love that scene. Um, it's. Yeah. I think this is the first time we've ever really gotten a good, a, um, a decent amount of time with Ruby, mm-hmm. um, and just mm-hmm. seeing. Uh, you know, again, you know, I think. I think her and her sister have a lot, probably a lot more in common than they, they, than they are different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like, I liked how direct Ruby was and they're there. And, and she was just calling Letty on her shit. You know what I mean? And we like Letty. And so we want to believe like, Oh, she's great. But it's like, she's a human. She has these flaws. She has these places where she's failed. And, you know, even when Ruby says, you know, you talking about using this to lift up our community, the only thing I've seen you do is move your artist friends in. And so then when we revisit after the exorcism, she has opened her place and, and a reporter's there talking to her about what her aim is with with this this house and providing a service to the community. So I think and, and she even says like this is it's because of Ruby, yeah. you know, so I, I like that. um you know, they got to have that moment and, and Ruby spoke truthfully to her, you know, yeah. before, before she bounced. Cause she's like, yeah, I'm not staying. I yeah. gotta go. <laughs> she gotta do her own I, I gotta go. But, uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought that was, um, I hope we get to see more of them together. Um, Cause they, they're, they, they, they have really good chemistry together. They feel like sisters. Yeah, it definitely felt like an older sister, younger sister conversation of that, like, I had to, you know, as like Ruby being the one who had to kind of hold so much and take care of so much and be like a second mother to, to Letty mm-hmm. um, and, and Letty being able to be free, right, to, to be able to use the money to buy a camera instead of paying rent. Right? right like and meanwhile here's ruby who's like been fighting to try to get this one job and she's going to work harder than everyone else because she thinks she's going to get it on merit because yeah. that's going to happen in this this country right um but it, yeah it, it re- definitely rang true and like as someone who is an older sister i was like man i feel that <laughs> i can feel that where i'm just like why why do you get to do these things <laughs> like i didn't get to do those things i have to work for this and so it, 
I, I enjoyed her, her calling out. And I also enjoyed that it wasn't like, like it didn't turn into like a pity party for Letty yeah, yeah. and she didn't argue it. Like, again, it was another just very human thing of like, no, you're, you are right. Like that's, I can't argue with you. You're absolutely correct. I'm not going to fight for you to leave. Like, but I will now change. And, and, and some of that is like the only way that like when family calls you out on your shit, like sometimes you're like, Oh, right. Let me like anybody else. You're like, just tell me how to be, but family sometimes. And you're like, all right, no, yeah. I got it. <laughs> I see. I see what you're saying here. Exactly. Now here's my question. If she's lying to everybody about where she got the money, why would she tell her sister she got it from her mom? Well, she's I not lying. Like she's not lying. She thinks it did come from the mom. She doesn't know it's Christina. Mm-hmm. Atticus puts oh. that together. Yeah. Atticus yeah. puts together. Well, I'm, that. Next day, I'm like, wait, so she's working with them? What is she supposed <laughs> to give her? What she like I thought I was about to go down this whole thing. Like, oh, let me crook it. All right. <laughs> no, so let, up that hey, guy. Letty don't know. Letty yeah, doesn't know. The guy okay. was a front. The bank that called her was a front. And he's the one who's she's like, put all your stuff in a box and get out. And he had like his sign outside that was just like made up, uh, and it was like oh, the black banker guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't like, connect that yet. He did a yeah. job. Get out. I don't know why he stayed so long, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was like, "Let me get on up out of here." Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and yeah. so all right, so and then so, it, you know, so we're at the realtor's office, and what I thought interesting because it's like uh, a scene that scene plays out in the book. But again, in the book, it's Caleb Braithwaite, not Christina. So for the show, they change the gender of that character. And so it's funny because... And she knows it, Tim. And she... Say it again? She knows it's Caleb. She talks to Caleb. In the no, book wait. She doesn't? I, I thought... Think she, no, he, like, offers it to her. He says, like, I'm going to give you this, and you're making this decision. I want you to go to this house. I don't... I thought... No, I she I thought at least initially she didn't know it was Caleb maybe that was later but I thought initially because remember they thought it was the money came from their dad and his oh, gambling you're right, you're right you're right and they were like oh dad must have had some gambling whatever whatever but in this in this yeah. show they they tr- attribute it to the mom yeah because he's only ever open with Ruby right right everyone else yeah like, yeah yeah everyone you're right he's the Ruby's the only one he ever is truthful with but I thought that scene just plays out so much differently because it's one thing for a a black man to pull a gun on a white man, right? But it is a completely different thing for a black man to pull a gun on a white woman. And, And again, and I, and I, so that scene, I remember there, cause I, there, there was a scene between Tick and, I mean, there are many scenes between Tick and Caleb, but they none of them ever feel as charged as this scene with him and Christina mm-hmm. because you know the implications for him if anybody sees. And, you know, she starts opening the blinds and then she's like, oh, you know, so when you're ready to hear more about our family, let me know. Also, you know, you can't be pointing guns at white women. See you later, cousin. Yeah. <laughs> in, an, in an episode featuring Emmett Till, About, right? Like, exactly. like, and that's really the, the, the home run there is like, to, to have that dialogue and know that that's what happens to that little boy. Like, and not even, right? not, <laughs> like not, not she's even. Lying. He's lying anyway, but. Yeah, yeah. And, anyway. and, yeah. and I think we probably, it's, it's a safe bet that uh, that story is possibly not written, not only knowing that you're going to be a, have the allusion to Emmett Till earlier in the in the episode, but you don't know that that's going to be written in the shadow of the lady in Central Park. 
you know, mm-hmm. wrongfully uh, accusing some some bird watcher of doing something. Yeah. You know, just yeah. showing just how how much you know that is still a real thing. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm. Fi- you know, when you're like. Because you think about this show, like one, the book was written, you know, a, a while ago, 2016, I think it, yes, it, it was published, right? And then like this was being produced and, and created way before now, right? Mm-hmm. And then for it to be, you know, premiering during a time when we're like, it is very heated and we are kind of on the front lines, a lot of us out there protesting and seeing this stuff and combating these issues, like to also see something like Watchmen and see what was going on on the screen, to see something like, uh, sorry to bother you, right? And and it's like those things are we're watching them now, and and it feels like it's happening right outside. Yeah. And it's so it's it's just forever. And for something to it to be set in the, the 1950s, right? And for us to be like, oh no no, this is real. Like yeah. like to have the have the illusion too, like Freddie Gray, right? To have that, and and have it still be here, really like hits on this whole new level that I think like only the show could have done um, because of, of the hands that it's in and because it can really like take its time to, to weave in all of that information into and I, you know, I don't think they could have ever, you know, imagined that this is the state of the world that we would be in right now when it came out, but it's, you know, I'm kind of happy that it is because now people can see it and really get a lot out of it. Well, does racism have any new tricks? These are like all very old. Only it's I a mean, one, not that they need new tricks, but they race just, they doesn't have one-trick pony. It's a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. And now it just hides, but to do all the same shit. Like, no, it doesn't even hide anymore. They're, just like, yeah. they're still out there. They just have like, a different hat on. They got a different vocabulary. Yeah. They use those buzzwords. Mm-hmm. Right. New hat. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, a new, a new hat, literally. Uh, I don't want to mm-hmm. go. We've, we mentioned, we gave so much props to uh, Ruby in this episode, as well as, you know, Letitia played by Journey Smollett. Let's give the actress her due. Ruby is portrayed by Wanmi Musaku, uh, who is a Nigerian-born singer and actress and who is doing yeoman work uh, in the role of of Ruby. So give her a props, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love her, and I'm really excited for the next episode. I, I think the way that they've really shown Ruby in this, like, I feel like I've, I love her a lot more than the one in the book um not that i didn't love her but i just like i'm infatuated with this one (laughs) i'm just like this ruby like i'm here for her all the way and the way that they've kind of written her character and the way she portrays that character i'm i'm very excited to see how she's going to fight her battles next yeah all right All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I hope you you have enjoyed uh, another episode of the Safe Tribble Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country. Please, if you if you like the show, if you want to share it with a friend, our show is is uh, will be living on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash black tribbles and you can point everybody to to the Safe Tribble Travel Guide. You can also uh Subscribe to the show as a podcast, which is available every Tuesday morning for your download and streaming pleasure wherever you find podcasts. The Safe Triple Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country. Join us back here next Monday at 9 p.m. sharp for another episode 
of our weekly review of HBO's Lovecraft Country and tune into the Black Tribbles every Thursday at 9 p.m. where we will be bringing our regular uh, Black Tribbles Live uh, radio show and uh, webcast to your lovely internet uh, viewing screen wherever you are. This week, I don't know what we're talking about. I think we're still doing the top 10. The summer is over, but it seems like everybody, they hated top 10s. Now all of a sudden they want to do top 10s. I don't know what these troubles want to do, but um, we're we're going to be bringing you some fun. All right? So it'll be something. It'll be something. It certainly will. So uh, we always bring something. (laughs) Typically a bottle, but we always bring something. Could be a platter. Oh, if, if only it were. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to get out of here. Um, please keep your mask up. Be safe. Be good to one another. And for Gabe, the horror trouble, for the master trouble, for the uncanny trouble, this is the bat trouble. In partying in Lovecraft country, we say, Get the fuck up out of my house. <laughs> I love it. Now. That was such a powerful scene. <laughs>